welcome to episode 18 of Slaying It with Santa Rob. I think you're really going to enjoy today's podcast. We're going to stick in the rock and roll music vein. And if you got a rock and roll band, one of the most important things you got to have is a strong backbeat. And today we're going to welcome the backbeat of the classic rock band Head East. So welcome to Slaying It. Mr. Eddie Jones. Eddie, can you hear me? Yeah, finally. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a drummer. I only have to count. To- <laughs> don't don't drool on your phone. It'll show it out. <laughs> Sorry hey, about that. D- D- Darren told me that one. I'm sorry. you're here because of special request i am you are here because of special request yeah i got a message uh that same day that i messaged you the first time from paul johnson he says uh you need to interview eddie ah former brother well he's still my brother but he's my former drum tech for a while he left me for a a cute woman lead singer that wanted him to be in his in her band so it was all good till Yoko got involved. <laughs> she sings a little better than Yoko. Well, well, I can't sing, and I'm better than Yoko, and that doesn't stay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I figured we we gotta get the backbeat of of a classic rock band on, and it doesn't get more classic than Head East. We're 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 blessed. We're doing now's a really interesting, good time, and and. Uh, you know, obviously the 70s and Flat as a Pancake, the era with John Schlitt and Steve Houston, who we just lost. And we lost Mike Somerville over the last couple of years. And so the only guys left are John Schlitt and Roger Boyd. So And, and Roger. Yeah, that's and that's uh, and they're both still going strong. Yeah, we had a busy but really good weekend. We went out with Artemis Pyle this weekend and wow. for uh, the original drummer from Skinner. I'm sure you probably know who he is, but right. And we just clicked. We just clicked. And, and, uh, the agency blue Raven, which Hedy's just signed with who does foreigner and some other acts. And they do Artemis. Their agent showed up Sunday night and was stoked about the band and was blown away by Darren said, Darren just blew his socks off. And the, yeah. And he really likes the fit between us and Artemis, so we'll see how that pans out. That would be a true blessing in disguise, wouldn't it? Yeah, they were the best guys. Those guys, I can't say enough about them. They, you know, Artemis was very gracious, and and we just clicked. It was it was a good fit. So hopefully that turns into something for the upcoming year. Well, let's let's keep our fingers crossed on that. So. When, when I was talking to Darren uh, a couple weeks ago, he was, t- and I didn't realize this until he said, until he told me, but you, Darren, and Greg all joined at the same time. You were all in another band together? We had been in that. We weren't playing in a band together at the time. Okay. And, uh, but we had been, we actually have a, a, a CD that was out, sort of like in the 90s, I believe, that was, the with the three of us on it and uh so we kind of everybody kind of i don't think i was yeah i was playing in a band at the time i was playing around in a band that ironically opened for 
Head East Halloween 2005. Okay. And I played my first show with Head East Halloween 2006. Wow. So yeah, we all joined, we all joined at the same time and, and have been, it's going on 16 years now. 16 years. And it was 16 years ago when I heard you live for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. You guys well, played a, at Rip Fest here in Indianapolis. Yeah. And you opened up for REO. Yeah. And I, oh. I was running late, but I got to hear like the last like five songs. Okay. Which, so you got to hear Reason then. Yeah, got to hear Reason. And if I remember right, the encore, one of the last songs was Elijah. Yeah, yep. And that's so, that's that's the one that's one of the songs that really uh the agency noticed cuz Darren just tears he just kills Elijah. He just nails that part especially at the end so so strong and he was really strong. We played 3 nights in a row and Darren's the kind of singer that gets stronger as you go. You know, as the more nights he sings back to back it exercises his voice. He's better. He's better singing several nights in a row than coming out of the shoot. And you know, that's, he was really strong Sunday night, and they really took notice of that. that that's that's so cool. And you know, and, and and granted, he had some big shoes to fill. You know, with, with Schlitt. Yeah, yeah, big time. But, but you, you had some big shoes to fill. Yes, so, absolutely. So I, I mean. Steve was amazing. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. you, know, you know, as a writer, as a singer, and, and obviously as, as a drummer. So I'm I'm really curious, you know, did you play like him to begin with? Did you have to learn to, to play I, like him? I I I I learned to play like him because I was at growing up. You know, I started off all kinds of different styles. I studied, I played my first, when I was 11, I played with my grandpa playing old school country with square dances and county fairs and stuff. And then as I got older, I got into playing in, you know, classic rock bands out of your basement and going around playing bars, you know, uh, in St. You know, Joe, Kansas City. So, and was Head East one of your bands that you listened to back in the day? Did I lose you? <laughs> oh, I lost you. We reconnected. We're having technical issues. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it must be Androids or something because you said you had the same problem with Darren. Yeah, I had the same problem with Darren. They after we we would hit like the five minute mark and that was it. I, I don't know how much I ran. Realized you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last thing we, you remember us talking about? Well, well, I was asking you if Head East was one of your influences back in the day before uh, when you when you were playing with uh, earlier band. Yeah, actually, and, and like I say, I, I knew who Hedis was, and some of my earlier bands opened for him. I didn't really follow the band because I was more of a progressive rock, you know, technical drummer. Okay. I did. I did. Uh, I studied. I did, did country with my grandpa, all square dances when I was like eleven, and and then I got into jazz, 
fusion and and progressive rock rush and yes and stuff like that and then so i had uh, you're asking me about if i had to uh, adapt my style to be steve right and i i absolutely did and i i totally respected it because he was a powerhouse straight ahead playing the and i'm i still feel like i'm just now starting to get that under my belt because he was such a solid you know so i try to do him justice drum wise i try i try to play the parts and i've actually gone back since i joined and relearned made sure i relearned him right again and i try i try to i listen to his vocals real close i try to match his phrasing and his tone as much as i can you know to honor him and carry on his legacy cuz yeah like i said we just lost him not very long ago so right right and 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 a and a a drummer who can sing always impressed me. <laughs> singer by default. Singer by default. I was in bands. I didn't really normally sing. I was always kind of shy as a kid. And I kept getting in bands whose singers quit or got too drunk to finish the night out or, <laughs> or, or whatever. So I just kind of had to get, I got thrown into the deep end of the pool and just had to kind of develop as it, as I went. Had to keep going. So yes. do you, is your kit, like Steve's not not well it's not that much different other than Steve had a pretty simple five-piece setup and I have I have three racks one floor and I like a lot of symbols Steve had okay. the base, basic two crashes ride set up and I think that my stuff comes from comes from being a Neil Pert fan and a well yeah. you know and I just like a lot of stuff because I think it looks cool. So <laughs> people walk in. I always thought people walk in and they assess how good you are by just seeing that your kit your kit's real impressive. But actually, right. I do. I just like having a lot of stuff to, you know, stay visually active and just having plenty of places to go. And it's fun. It's, it doesn't uh, change. It doesn't change the dynamics of of what you play or how you play it. Other than right. you're visually more active, I guess. And like you said, it looks cool. And it look, does look cool, especially and, if, you, if you got 29 pieces, you got to shoot for 30. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not that far over the edge. <laughs> Since I lost my drum tech, Paul Johnson, I, I've scaled down. So <laughs> Since I have to set it all up and tear it down by myself, I'm like, well, maybe I really don't need that. Well, and it's not like you're ever going to get a lead singer to help. No, actually, Darren does. Try oh, man, does. I, was, I was trying to throw Darren under the bus. No, nah, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a team player. He, uh, he actually, I think he feels bad for me sometimes, and he actually starts taking cymbals down, and, and he's pretty helpful. Oh, man. You know, I still got to give the guy a hard time. That's yeah, he's, he's. I'm not blowing smoke, but he's a hard person to find. You know, to find something to gripe about, really. Yeah, yeah, and 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 he's been through a lot lately himself. Yeah, so, but um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching this time. I'll, I'm gonna let you know when we hit five minutes, so you can tap the screen again. And I'm looking at too. It's four <laughs> four forty. So is all yeah. I have to do is tap my screen when it gets that, close. That, that should be it. That that worked for him. Do you want me to try it now? Because it's like four forty nine. Might as well try. 
Might, might as well try. Just keep jiggling around and uh, see if we can keep see if we can okay, keep it's still there. It's still counting down, so I click on you. Now, you should, you should, I, I think yeah. as, as, long, as long as you got phone movement, you should be okay. Yeah, we're, we're past five minutes now, so. That's a bonus in itself. And if we lose you, we'll just call back and try and we'll, we'll, we'll piece this thing together. Okay. Well, I appreciate your patience. Hey, it, this ain't no big deal. I'm, I'm just glad we, we got the, we got the connection here. So b- being a Rush fan, how do you play Rush and progressive in other bands now too? Uh, Darren and I have a, and Greg, has uh, some side projects that we do just to keep our chops up when Hedys isn't playing that involves actually us playing the first side of 2112. And Darren likes Rush too. And the guitar player, Freddie Francis, is a guitar player we play with on the side when we're not with Mark. They're Rush fans. And we do a Van Halen tribute thing also as well. That's. And we do. How was how that playing Neil Peart stuff? I mean, isn't he rather complicated? He is complicated, and the only challenge is that I, I have to be in shape. I have to make sure I stay in shape to to play his stuff. As far as you know, the arrangements and the songs, I listened to those so much through high school, and over the years, I've listened to so much Rush. I never have to guess what's coming up as far as the structure of the song or even the even the bills a lot of time i just have to make sure i'm physically capable of pulling them off Jeez, because and you mentioned van halen alex is more of a power drummer alex is alex is a is a power drummer but there's a lot more to his playing than what might you might notice right off the bat to, to play alex van halen and, and to do it right to play yeah. it well and to get his feel across and stuff like that it's more challenging than what you might think you know we're doing like half a teacher and we're doing you know some of that stuff alex i think alex is way underrated as far as the the appreciation that he gets for how how good he is yeah yeah that's man there's just there's just something about the classic rock stuff that i just love more than anything yeah, I don't think you can really compare to really. I mean, it's kind of funny that's come full circle. It's well, there's nothing out there. I mean, there, there's a few new bands out there that might stick around, but you know, the the Van Halens, the Rushes, the Headies, the Arios. Man, it's been a lot of years, and let's face it, our heroes are getting old. Yeah, yeah, they are, and a lot of them are still hanging. You know, Sticks is still doing amazing. Ario's yeah. still doing amazing. Um, that I was impressed with that group that Artemis has put together. They were really good. And I, still sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I need to see Artemis pile. They need they need to come through here. I'm I'm really kind of open that uh, that the management can put together a, a show to bring it through Indianapolis. That'd be awesome. I mean, I I, I really didn't know what to expect because I was never like a diehard. Leonard Skinner fan, right? You know, in terms of like following them or having a bunch of their albums and stuff, but but the songs that that you forget about, you know, Simple Man, and you know, there's there's they had they and they, he's got a package put together that really is really good. So, and, and he's doing more of a, a tribute to the early Skinner. 
hit pretty much their whole set list is just Skinner songs. Man. And the actual band going out as Leonard Skinner, those guys are awesome too. We played with them and they're all super nice. And R- Ricky Medlock, who I believe started Blackfoot, he's their bass player and they do Skinner justice too. And they're, the, they're the sweetest guys in the world. So in the, in the head East world, I, I listened to the new single. Okay. Which I thought, which I, which I thought was pretty outstanding. I, I was thinking, how's the cover going to sound? But man, it was terrific. When, when will a full album be out? Roger's talking like it should be released in October. They're waiting, on, they're waiting on some vinyl to print and stuff like that. And Treat Me Right, actually, the story behind that is the single that is released is actually Steve Houston playing on it. Really? Yeah, Roger found the old tracks. They were, they actually, I think they recorded that before Pat Benatar did. And they found the old tracks that for some reason they pulled away from doing back in the day. And it had John Schlitt, Dan Burney. We kept Dan's bass tracks and we kept Steve's drum tracks, which obviously now is a blessing to me because since he passed, I'm glad we have that's his. Right. And, and then Mark, our guitar player, he, re, he redid the guitar parts because I don't think Mike had finished them and they were kind of undone so Mark finished and did a great job on that and Darren and John Schlitt actually their voices go back and forth they trade they they're trading off they have some of the original tracks that John recorded and they put in some with Darren singing some of it like they're going back and forth and they're harmonizing and stuff and really if you don't know any better I even have a hard time myself distinguishing which one is Darren and which one is John Schlitt when they're doing that. That's how close their voices sound. Okay. Cause you just threw me for a loop. I didn't realize John was on there. Yeah. John's on there. Him I'm and Darren have to go, listen closer. Yeah. Him and Darren go, it's hard. It's hard to sing. I, I know cause I've played in bands with Darren for 30 plus years probably, but I can tell Darren's little things that I can tell, but if you, I listen for it. Saying, oh, wow. whoa, is, that, is that Darren or is that John? Wow. So it's kind of, it's pretty, it's a pretty cool, if you're a diehard head East fan, it's a pretty classic, classic piece to have out there now. That especially. really is. Yeah. Now, is the new album, is there more covers on it or is it all, or is it original besides? The, the I, I believe the only other cover on there is Raise a Little Hell. Okay. Okay. And because the record company kind of picked out which what songs they wanted, and I think the rest of it's a combination between um, a, a lot of flat, a lot of flats on there, and maybe a couple other things. But then there's some like four or five new since since this band's been together that we've written and since we've been together, which I really like a lot. I like Darren and Greg have both written songs that I really really like on there. And I'm trying I to be objective. That's it, it, well. It's like I mentioned the Darren. It's you. You work with some amazing musicians. Yes. And I, I got to see Greg play in in uh, with uh, John's band in Ohio a couple of years ago with the oh, Rikers. Cool. Yeah. And it it just blew me away because the. The, the talent is, is ridiculous. You don't realize it until you see it live. 
Yeah, Greg's amazing too. I, I mean, vocally, he's a killer bass player, killer guitar player. He's you know he's one of those guys that just kind of like, what the hell? Where'd you come from? Where'd you come from? It's and you know the 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 fun part, and I always say this to every musician I talk to is the the family and all the the ties to the bands just amaze me. Is there there's such a close knit family feel, you know, with, with, with Head East? Yeah, there really is. There really is. I mean, and it's it's genuine. It's I mean it's. It's genuine. I mean, the, we all truly are family, you know. It, it's we. I the first, well, the the second time I got to to, to see you play live was at the uh, the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Oh, that was cool because that's yeah. John and Steve were there. Yeah, yeah, and I had to come out and, and, and just for that, and uh, and Roger invited. Uh, me and everybody else I was with out to have dinner with you guys that night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there we are at Godfather's Pizza across the street from the venue. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting here with Head East. What did I do to deserve this? This is so cool. And because <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up, I grew up listening to to, to Head East. I, I think you and I are pretty close in age. You know, I'm I'm 61. I think we're all right there. I'll be 61 in a week. You, you know, okay. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. And that's, that's where I realized there's no reason for a pedestal. These guys are just regular guys, and they're all family guys. Yeah. And that's, it, the, the, the whole Head East feel is just, it's, it's awesome. Well, my little offshoot from this, it still has to do with Head East, but um, me and my wife got married in at Niagara Falls. Okay. And Hedys was playing up there. And my wife's father passed away several years ago. Roger walked her down the aisle. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and they were very instrumental in being involved in our, in our wedding. And so that's, that's the family aspect of it. You know, he, you know, that's how, that's how close the family is. That's that. That's so cool, and the fact that you guys have, a, you know, your side projects, yeah, which, which is, which is everybody but Roger at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Roger supports it. He he doesn't like us. He likes us to stay away from people trying to use the fact that we're heady, you know, right. heady. But um, but but it's good for us to keep our chops up, you know, when when things get slow and. It doesn't hurt to get out and play live just to keep keep it going, you know. Right. Because sometimes over wintertime and stuff, you know, Hedys might may not play from like November till, you know, February or March. So we need we need to keep we need to keep in shape and keep our chops up live and stuff to kind of keep it going. And, and things really never recovered live music wise since the pandemic. You know, no, not, not, not totally. Not totally. It's know, there's, there's better. I mean, it's get. It seems like it's kind of one to edge that way sometimes. It, it's it, it's. I see a little bit more, and well, you couldn't judge it by some of the shows I've gone to in the past, say, twelve months because they've all been packed. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's. I'm not seeing as many 
as many uh, concerts come through as I used to, I guess. Yeah, and you don't see. I noticed that this weekend. You don't. We were. I was out on the road for four days this weekend, and uh, you don't see tour buses on the road like you used to. You used to be able to. Right. Before the pandemic hit, you used to be able to drive down the highway and go, "There's a tour bus. There's a tour bus. I wonder who that is." You know, now I don't think I saw one over the four days I was out on the road. Yeah, but. You know, we're, we're uh, as uh, speaking as a fan, I'm glad that you guys are out there and uh, and because uh, I know that the fans are always happy to see you. They are. We, I mean, we are blessed because the fans, the fans that are Hedy's fans, they're diehards. I mean, they're I'm, I still blows me away sometimes. These people that are just like come from halfway across the country, just you know and. And they're 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 still out there. They're still diehards, and there's you know they appreciate the music and they appreciate us carrying it on. The biggest compliment, probably one of the biggest compliments, I I feel like we get is even the ones that know that Roger's the only original member traveling with us right now. Right. They say you made me relive my my high school. You know, you made right. me relive. You know my days, and you you guys still got you still got that, and you still bring that to us. The fact that we can do this, we can do that for them, this many years later, and we can let them relive that experience is awesome right. to me. Yeah, there, there there's and, and I feel that way about pretty much everybody I see because, like I said, everybody I listen to is in the same vein as as Head East is, and and I've always said the greatest rock and roll always came out of the Midwest. So, yeah, there was some pretty good stuff. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, Illinois grew some grew some great musicians. Illinois and and Steve Walsh is from my from Kansas is from my hometown. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's okay. from I'm from St. Joe, Missouri, and that's where he grew up, and that's where he started out. And I'm actually on a Christmas CD with him. And uh, that's pretty cool. He's retired now, but in Kansas is just from Topeka, which is just like, you know, 45 minutes away from here. So, right. Yeah, I, I remember being crushed as a, as a, as a teenager, I lived in Olathe, Kansas for a short period of time. And, uh, I don't remember the town, uh, head East was playing on the other side in, in Missouri, not very far away. And uh, at the time, I was living with my sister and brother and brother-in-law, and uh, yeah, they they wouldn't hear of it. So I didn't uh, get to see Head East. I didn't get to see Head East back in the day. Uh, but no, see, seeing uh, seeing you guys and see then obviously with with John at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, in Iowa, that was yeah, that John's made up for everything. John's amazing. He's still. Sounds great, and he's he's the nicest guy in the world. And I actually never there. I can't find any footage of the original Hetty, any live footage anywhere. Hmm. The, the Rikers have some stuff, but I don't think any of it's like live videos. I can't find anything. Yeah, you don't know that you said that. That yeah, because if you look on YouTube, it's always uh, photo collages yeah. that are put together. Yeah, so I don't know who would have. If, and then the Rikers are diehard. I mean, they know 
they know more, but they're the biggest head East fans in the world. They know more. Steven Riker comes up and tells me, well, you know, that part on, on Jeff town Creek, this is actually what Steve's playing. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm learning off the old recordings that you can't really, he goes, no, if you listen closer, this is actually what Steve played this hi hat right here. And it's like, he, it's funny. That's crazy. And, and it's funny that, uh, Next week's episode, I've uh, got Stephen and Seth on the show. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and so we're, we're kind of following that, that heady steam just for a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, those, those kids are the best, and, and they're, fan, they're, they're just as much family as anybody. You know, their, yeah. dad, their dad, who was the, a drummer for Hedy's for a while, the reason he left was because when they were born, he, he left being on the road and being with the band to take care of his boys. Yeah. So uh, th- they were with Greg and John at that show in Ohio. Yeah. And I don't, th- I don't think I've anybody, or I don't think I've ever seen anybody play on stage and smile as much as the two of them. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say they are the happiest two kids I've ever met in my life. <laughs> They're the most upbeat, happy kids I've ever met in my life. I have never seen them down. I've never yeah. seen them down. I never, I never have either. You know. But, so, now I don't, I don't want to keep you super long, but I, I got to ask you the question that I ask everybody: What do you tell somebody younger who wants to be a drummer? What, do, what kind of advice do you give them? Take care of yourself physically, and pre- practice. And, and take care of yourself physically, take care of yourself mentally. And even though I play pretty much one style now, the benefits of learning proper technique, learn, learning proper technique has everything to do with the executing what you want to get done. Yeah. Um, from a physical standpoint. And even though, like I say, I played country, I played jazz, I played Latin, I played all kinds of different styles of progressive rock, you know, whatever. Every bit of that knowledge from all those different styles carries over and comes in handy at one point in time or another. Even even if you're just going to play straight, you know, straight ahead rock, straight ahead classic rock, whatever whatever genre you're going to get into. Learn as much as you can. The biggest part, though, is to stay physically and mentally healthy. Take care of yourself. You know, and I have, I, I, I can't say that I've always done that over the years. You know, and that's why I still have to go, even at 61 almost, I still have to go downstairs. Even some days when I don't feel like it, I have to make myself go downstairs and practice for a little bit just to keep stuff you know, in shape and to keep your, that's probably it, you know, take care of yourself, you know. It's, it's one thing to listen, but you don't, the people don't realize what a workout the drummer actually goes through. Yeah. you're, you're, You're just doing so much at one time. And that's where you notice if you if you're not in shape, if you didn't take care of yourself, 
it makes it so much harder. To, even a, even a ninety minute set can be grueling if you're not if you if you don't take care of yourself. And th- that's coming from a you know from a strictly playing standpoint. If that's kind of what you're asking, is you know from a physical and from a you know executional drumming standpoint. You know, I would I, that would probably be and 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 meter is in, meter is so important with the drummer. You can be the you can have the most chops in the world, and you can be right. as fast as you could be, and be, even even being in the best shape you can be. But you need to really get with the metronome, and you need to and working with me a drummer's first first above everything else. A drummer's first priority is to keep solid time and to make people want to. Move, make people feel it and make people want to move that's our whole we're the ba- we're the backbone of of live music recorded music you know so some people have some people have internally really good time some people have better internal time than others but you don't really know that e- even as long as i've done it you don't really know that for sure until you can sit down with the metronome and right. plus, if you're, if you're ever going to record, you better be comfortable with the metronome because all digital recording is you have to have a click track and you have to be able right. to stay. You have to be able to stay that. So when they go to overdub, if somebody's off, they can just take a little mouse and line it up with that right. with that clip. So you better be comfortable with meter. And, and, and as I've gotten older and, and especially since I've dealt with learning the Steve Houston stuff and trying to emulate him knowing how to play ahead of the beat and on the backside of the beat to make the, to, uh, to achieve the feel that you want. Mm-hmm. You know, John Bonham was a, Neil Peart was pretty much a forward mover there that people compare them all the time. John Bonham and Neil Peart, who's better. Uh, John Bonham was a groove monster. He was, he was in the pocket he he had chops too, but he was in the pocket and he played on the backside of the beat and he laid it solid like Steve Houston. Neil Pearl was more technical and he drove harder. He probably played on the front side of the beat a little bit more. Right. That's a very, very minute technical thing that, you know, I'm probably, I'm rambling now, but. No, no, this is good stuff. But that's so important. You know, because you know, I, I like say I went from playing Rush songs and and drive Dream Theater and driving you know being a progressive rock drummer and a jazz shoes and drummer. When then when you get with somebody like Roger who's used to Steve Houston, or mm-hmm. somebody somebody wants you to lay down a solid John Bonham groove, or somebody who plays in the pot on the backside and in the pocket that just has that, you right. know, that it's 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 an adjustment. Something if you don't really know and you're not sure of how to how to mentally, you know, think about that in your brain. You have to think. You have to think different. I know that's a lot. A lot of words, but that's probably on top. Go ahead. On top. On top of all that, on on stage, you got to depend. You got to pray to God that your bass player is in in tune with you. Yeah, and that's where I'm blessed because Greg is, you know, Greg is like a lot of people say, well, the drummer's supposed to sit, everybody's supposed to follow the drummer. I depend on Greg, you know, because I don't trust myself all the time. I, I can be, I can inherently 
push a little bit. You know, I can, I've been, I've been told more than, I don't know how many times I'm brisk. You know, I can push, I get my adrenaline gets going. So I really, really depend on Greg, even if I can't hear him all the time, I'll watch his foot tap. Right. To see where it's, to see where like a visual metronome is. Cause he's, he's like a rock. He's solid. He don't yeah. waver. So that's my blessing as far as that goes. Cause yeah, your bass player, and I trust him, and he, he doesn't hold back. If he tells, if, if if he thinks I pushed it, he'll say, "Yeah, you're you're brisk on that." And it's like, I'm, well, and I trust him because I, I, like I say, he's like a rock. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, the 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 other question that every at that every guest gets asked, seeing how this is Santa Rob's show, okay, you get a you you get a wish. I get a wish. You, you get a wish. If you could play with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, man. That would, oh, my gosh, that's a hard one. Probably because when I was real little, I was a big Elvis fan. I love okay. Ronnie Tut. I love Ronnie Tut, and more of this. Actually, and then I was a big, huge Beatles fan, and I really appreciate. I think Ringo Starr's drumming is underrated. Not the, that the Beatles are underrated. I don't think people appreciate Ringo as much for how, what he added to the Beatles. Yeah. Probably when I was eleven years old, I got my first Yellow Brick Road album. Okay. For my birthday. And I had every Elton John album. It would be between El Elton John and Kiss. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It, probably, it, it, that's some good stuff. Pro probably as far as my influences that I really listened to when I was growing up, because I listened to a lot of Elton John, because Nigel Olson, I think, is also another drummer that you don't really appreciate how good he was unless you really, as a drummer can break down and listen to what he put where. Right. Um, it, it's amazing that yellow brick road album and captain fantastic. And that just had so, so much really cool stuff in it. And, but then my first concert was kiss. Okay. And, and that's that's a hard question, but if you if I if I really had to narrow it down, of course I've played a lot of Kiss yeah. over the years. I you know probably if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Elton John in the seventies. Yeah, okay. but it's more of the seventies stuff probably. Yellow Brick Road, Captain Fantastic, you yeah. know, Don't Shoot Me, all all those just because. I think Nigel was just amazing. And I, that, that stuff got me through a lot of hard times as a teenager, you know, how girlfriends break up with you and, you know, yeah. and funeral for a friend. And, you know, when your first girlfriend broke up with you and you were like crying and listening to funeral for a friend, the intro. And that would probably be, that'd probably be my biggest one. Probably. Th that would be a great choice. The, the, the first eight track, 
that I ever bought was Elton John's Greatest Hits Volume One. Yeah, and right, it's yeah. like yeah, you're you're right. That's I mean that's back then Elton could do no wrong. Yeah, but, and one of my karaoke songs is uh, "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me." Yeah, yeah. I can say I can. Was- say- I can sing the crap out of Elton John too, because I, I, I grew up listening to it, sing along with it so much. I, I know his yeah. phrasing, and I know, I know, I pretty much know all the words just from listening to it so much. That's before he became devoured with Disney sounds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once, once he got past Blue Moves, I think was probably the last really great album that he put out. Then it just kind of went really poppy and. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that wouldn't be in my, my section that I would, that would be yeah. like way, way behind anything else. But that stuff during the seventies, that would probably be it. That'd be it. I, I, I saw him in Salt Lake City. I lived in Salt Lake for a short period of time on the jump up tour. Okay. But I, I, I really went because the tribute to John Lennon was on that one empty garden oh yeah which i thought was the greatest thing that he ever done and then after that i kind of lost interest yeah that was probably one of the one of the last really good things he did i think Uh, and i'm still standing was on that album yeah but you know um, i've I've never seen elton john live i i got lucky and saw him that one time and and uh he opened up with you know for a friend but the part that I'll never forget is he walked out in his Donald Duck costume. Oh, I remember that tour. And it's like, Elton, what are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably more of the 70s stuff where, you know, the first first concert I ever saw, I heard Don't Let the Sun Go Down. It was it was a single that was out off of that Greatest Hits album. And then I saw on a Saturday night, some concert thing, Friday or Saturday night, he was live at the Hollywood Bowl. Okay. Where he had the big white fluff, fluffy hat and that. Yes. And that's what that's what really blew me when I saw that. And I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> there was there was nobody like Elton John and we didn't care. We just loved his music. Yeah, well, and then all that other stuff didn't come out till later and you know that it didn't really think about it back then. Him and Bernie Toppin, when their their team, the songwriting and all that was just incredible. And that music I listened to. Yeah. Well, once again, it just goes to show what we've been saying has been right all along. The old music is the best. Yeah. And there's a lot of great stuff that's out there. I could I could go on, but you know, it'd, it'd really be hard to. But that, if I was there's so much good music back then. April one, I got to meet Jerry Mercer, Mercer on oh. his last his last show in the United States. I got oh. to meet, I got to meet Jerry Mercer and and I, I went up to him and he was so cool and he actually called my brother. I had him call my brother because me and my brother were big huge April fine, April wine fans. He actually yeah. called and said hi to my brother for me. Wow. And then, and then I told him, I said, I never asked this, but can I get a drumstick? And he goes, well, come here and let me show you something. And he goes, he, I saw a stick bag. He had like four sticks in there. He goes, yeah. I need to make sure I make it through this set. And he goes, and then you can have one. So they played through and they stepped off for their encore. 
and he, me and Greg and Darren and everybody were standing around off the side of the stage. And he goes, where's Eddie at? And they go, he's right here. And he reached over and handed me a drumstick. And that was their last show in the U.S. because he played one more show New Year's Eve in Canada after that. And then he, he retired. So there's so many great there's so many great players out there that you know I adore Kelly from Night Ranger. He's a really good friend of mine. Todd from yeah. Sticks. I mean yep. Ben Smith from. I mean they're I'm so blessed to have, to have made the friends that I have that are my heroes yeah. at the same time. It's so cool. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel. I, I promoted the the Christian rock scene for about seven or eight years. And that's how I got, that's how I met John to begin with. Okay. And, uh, and then, you know, that goes back to what I said is everything kind of ties together. Yeah. Musically, the, the whole rock and roll music family is just, is the best. It's well, at the time I, I, I joined, just, at the time uh, I joined Head East, I knew more Petra songs than I did Head East songs. Cause I was a big fan. <laughs> I really did. That this means war came out, yeah, and and I I knew made way more Petra songs than I because I was such a diehard, you know, Petra fan. It's and John's first solo album that he came out with, I can't remember the name of it. Shake, yeah, that was yeah. freaking amazing. O- opened up with "Wake the Dead." Yeah, yeah, wake the dead, wake the dead. I could still. Yeah. John was the first artist that I ever promoted. He was the oh, first wow. concert I ever put on. And uh, was that solo then, or was that with Petra? That was solo. Okay, that was solo. He, he was uh, he was promoting the. Uh, oh boy, yep. What was he promoting? The Grafting CD. And uh, I I said. This is great, but you have to do me a favor. You have to ha- you have to open up the show with "Wake the Dead." Yeah, and, and he said that's not an opening song. I said, "Yes, it is." Yes, it is. He said, "Whoever that guitar player that was on there was freaking amazing." Yeah, yeah, but it's you know it's, it's just I, fun. I actually, well, I actually got an I actually got an offer to join White Cross back in the day. Really? You remember them? Yeah, I. Well, right now. Uh, uh, Rex Carroll is who I just interviewed. Okay, he's, he's on my he's on the show right now on episode uh, seventeen. Okay, yeah. Um, now I'm trying to remember the lead singer's name. Scotty. Scotty. Yeah, he he's the one that called me, and I went to Nashville. I was scared to death, and I and I went in there and recorded with him, and they and he called me at home. And they said, well, they offered me the job, but they were going to get ready to go do a tour of Europe. And I, I was working a full-time job at the time, raising four ki- four little kids. And they said, mm-hmm. we're leaving in like three weeks. And so that meant I was going to have to quit. All of a sudden, even though even though I went through the, the trouble of going there and auditioning and learning their song, it was, was it Fly Trap? Was that the name of that album? Oh, boy. It was, every, it was, every song in the world in my head. Anyway, it was more of a rock. It's kind of anyway. So I went to trouble to learn a song. Drove to Nashville, auditioned with my kid. Took my kids, and then 
drove back home, got a call the day I got back home and, and he offered me the job and, and I had to like, I said, can I pray about it? Think about it for a day. And he said, sure. And I got to think about it. quitting my job and leaving my kids and, and taking off on the road into something. Then I, I wussed out. I just kind of like, it just didn't feel right. But then right after, not very long after that, they called me because they were playing in Albany, Missouri and the band broke up. He went to go do a missions thing or something. Him and his yeah. wife were going to go do missions thing or something somewhere. And he said, and the band broke up. So I was thinking, Oh, thank God I prayed about that. And I, for whatever reason, it didn't set set on my heart. And because if I would have quit my job and went and done that, then it wasn't like a month and a half or so later that. He, right. He goes, if you want to come to Albany, he goes, we're playing our last show for a while because I'm going to go be a, do a missions thing somewhere. Oh, but they were big, they were great guys. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't talked to any of them for a long time. Yeah, that just goes to show you God God works in mysterious ways and th- that that prayer makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Things could have things could have taken God ugly on you. Yeah, that could have went some just something didn't set, you know, I was, I was praying about it for a little bit and then something didn't set right. And I thought, now nah, that's too big of a risk to take. And it worked out. Yeah. Sometimes well, I wonder what to What's that, bud? Oh, uh, not that I, I, my, my brain went a different direction. Okay, well, I'm. I think I've quit yakking as unless you got some other questions. You can... <laughs> I'm uh, talking. My, my you, brain... I'm talking in case you didn't notice. <laughs> and and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Well, I really do appreciate you taking out some time and and, and spending uh, with us and. Uh, it's it's just it's it's great to have you here. Well, it's great to be here, and I appreciate I appreciate your enthusiasm and your support for the band and and everything you're doing for all the other bands too. It's I think it's awesome. You know, we're, we're going to keep things going as long as we can, and uh, and uh, we'll I'll see if I can dig up some more dirt when I talk to the Rikers next week. Okay. <laughs> so send them my send them my love and tell them just. To, for me just to stay sexy and and uh if you ever want to come to a show you, you got my my info so if you ever want to come to a show sometime we don't have much left for this year but if there's ever anything you ever want to come to just let me know and we got to get you over back back over here in indiana back back in the back in indianapolis yeah i'd love it is, is, is there every show that you guys have done that i've wanted to go to something has come up you know, I, well, did, you, I didn't get to go to I didn't get to go to the reunion shows. Those are a blessing. Which, those are huge. The, you know, I never got to see Mike play live. But uh, you know, the, there's we we got a long ways to go, and I, I have the feeling that you guys will be around for a while, and uh, you'll 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 end up back in Indy eventually. Roger doesn't sound like he's in any hurry to slow down or go anywhere. So he's no, he's stoked he's stoked about this new agency and the record and you know he's pretty pumped about everything. So I don't see him going any anywhere anytime soon. It was a it was a blessing to get to play with Mike. That was huge, you know, and to get close yeah. to Steve. Yeah, that's yeah. It's just it's just classic. And 
you know, I, I know we've talked about John a lot, but my favorite thing since I've known John was at the Hall of Fame induction in Iowa when John and Roger made amends after all those years. Yep, yep. And, and then, to, then to see John on stage with you guys, it's like, wow, this, this is what it's all about to me. And he's such an authentic, genuine, really, really, you know, he's genuine. He's just, he's just true blue. And, he, you know, he's prayed with me. He's, you know, there's been times when he's known, he's known that I'm going through stuff and, and he'll just, he'll pray for you and he'll let you know he's there for you. If you ever need anything, he's, he's, he's the best. He's, he is the real deal. But, yeah. but and enough about John, Eddie, I appreciate you being here. Thanks again. And uh, yeah, keep me posted on any and anything coming this way. And I'll keep you posted on things. I think you might be interested in over here and we'll, we'll keep in contact. Well, you're kind of a big deal, so you probably got some connections. You probably know people, so it's a go Santa work. thing. <laughs> go it's just work a Santa your... thing. <laughs> okay, go work. Go work your magic. <laughs> thanks again, Eddie, and I will talk to you again real soon. All right, buddy. Thanks. Talk to you later. Uh, All right. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that special interview with Eddie Jones. I had a blast talking to him. Anytime I get to talk about classic rock, I'm a happy guy. And I know that, uh, I know that you guys enjoy it too. And, uh, it was just an honor to talk to, uh, to him about, uh, his techniques, uh, the fact that he learned a lot from Steve Houston and, uh, it's, I, I can't say enough good about it. So if you enjoyed, uh, today's interview let me know send me an email at uh, santarobpodcast at gmail.com leave me a comment over at, on the Slaying with Santa Rob Facebook page let me know that you're alive and well and uh, if you have any ideas for a topic or uh, or somebody you'd like me to uh, try to contact and interview Send that to the uh, to the email address at uh, santaropodcast@gmail.com. And as always, thank you to two of the greatest sponsors a guy could have, Brett Christmas Mustache Wax, that now has Santa Rob Mustache Wax. Head over to bscenterprises.com, use discount code Santa Rob and save 15% on your order. And, of course, to HotspotCollectiblesAndToys.com. If you like collecting things, G.I. Joe's, Barbies, because it is a Barbie world, uh, Hot Wheels, video games, wrestling figures, whatever, Brad and his team at uh, Hotspot Collectibles and Toys, chances are they're going to have what you're looking for. Find it, use discount code SantaRob.com, or use uh, discount code SantaRob, and uh, save 15% on that order. And on that note, I'll get out of here. I gotta jump back in the sleigh, take off, get ready for another amazing interview next week, and I will see you then on episode 19.